I want to invite you to open your Bibles this morning, the book of Hebrews, chapter number 9, Hebrews 9. We're going to, we're going to take a break from Paul. He's going to be in, in jail for about two years. Now, we're not going to leave him there that long uh, for our study, but um, we're going to take a little break this morning to uh, look at something else. Um, aren't you glad it's this Palm Sunday and not last? Amen. Yeah, me too. Last year at this time, you know, we were... We were cowering in our caves. We were wondering where our next fix of toilet paper was going to come from. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you how many rolls you got stashed somewhere, but uh, I'll bet you all of us have a few on hand. Thankfully, COVID numbers have dropped significantly, not only in our area, but really all across America. And although some new and current cases persist, they are greatly reduced from what we saw just a couple of months back. The reasons for this decline are still being debated. Some say it may be due to the rollout of the vaccines. Others say it's a normal life cycle of the virus. Maybe a combination of those things. I don't know and don't really care. I hope they find those things out. But I'm just glad for a reprieve from the suffering and the pain and and in some cases the death that it has brought about. It's been encouraging to see more and more of you return to in-person worship as we are being vaccinated. While I know that not everybody has had that opportunity just yet, many have already and are now fully vaxxed because Nancy's mom lives with us. We were all able to get ours about a month and a half ago, and um, very we got the cards to prove it and all of that, <laughs> um, and so I'm thankful. But I'm not here this morning to talk about COVID vaccinations. We're going to talk about getting immunized from something much worse than that. For you see, although the vaccine may prevent us from ever getting this disease, we will still all die one day from something else. Most specifically, something called sin. And if we remain untreated, the eternal consequences are most severe, but entirely avoidable. To help us understand this a little better, I invite your attention to Hebrews chapter 9. We're going to begin reading in verse 11. If you're able to, I invite you to stand to honor the reading of the Word of God this morning. Hebrews chapter 9, beginning in verse number 11. Hear the Word of the Lord. When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already here, He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made, that is to say, not a part of this creation. He did not enter by the means of blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so they were outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it. 
Because a will is in force only when someone has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses had proclaimed every commandment of the law to all the people, he took the blood of calves together with water, scarlet wool and branches of hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll and all the people. He said, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Father, I thank you for your word today. I invite your Holy Spirit to help me make it plain. We invite your Holy Spirit to help us to hear it plainly and help us to obey it fully. We ask in Jesus' name and everyone said, man, you may be seated this morning. As we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion today, I want to consider some of the lessons actually that COVID and its vaccines maybe can teach us about the blood of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. There are a number of parallels. The author of today's scripture that we read this morning was writing to the Hebrews, the Israelites, the Jews, who were very, very familiar with the writings of Moses in the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. Most of what he refers to here draws specifically on ceremonies that we find in the book of Leviticus. It details how sacrifices were supposed to be made first at the tabernacle and then later at the temple. Everybody say blood. Leviticus is a very bloody book. The word blood is used no less than 80 times in its 27 chapters. Blood sacrifices were required for the people to cover, to atone for their sins. And as verse 22 tells us, we just read there a minute ago, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, no remission of sin. You see, the Jews, like all of us, were infected with a hereditary disease passed down from our greatest grandfather. Because Adam sinned, all of his descendants have been contaminated as well. This malady not only causes all physical suffering, it is also the root of all emotional, mental, and relational disorders as well. Sin is the megavirus, if you will, that has birthed all of the rest of earth's problems and evils. And unlike the relatively low fatality rate with COVID-19, the fatality rate for sin is 100%. One out of one will die. Even worse is the truth that if we do, in fact, die in those sins, the consequences carry forward into an eternity of suffering and misery. We have a serious problem. This problem demands our immediate attention if we wish to avoid its awful consequences. That's the bad news. 
The good news is that God loves us too much to allow us to go untreated. Amen? The Leviticus, God outlined stopgap measures. Temporary methods for his people to deal with their sin until he could provide and would provide a permanent solution. From the very beginning, God planned to send his son into our world. But these sacrificial rituals would help us to understand the purpose of Jesus' coming when he did, in fact, get here. Throughout the Old Testament, thousands and even millions of animals were sacrificed by the Jews to atone, to cover their sins. And then came Jesus. In order to escape the inherited curse from Adam, God sent him through a virgin birth. He lived a perfect life. He died a sacrificial death to pay for the sins of all humanity, including yours and mine. And when he died as that perfect sacrifice, his blood shed upon the cross became a type of vaccine, if you will, that saves from sin and eternal death. And that's the good news. Remarkably, with the COVID vaccines, although there is still a small chance of getting the disease after vaccination, as of now, not one of the nearly 50 million Americans who have been vaccinated have died of COVID afterwards. Now, some of them got COVID afterwards. Some of them had a reaction to the vaccine, but not one died from COVID. Research indicates that of those who have been vaccinated, they are 95% safe of contracting the virus. That's very significant. Praise God this morning for the doctors and the nurses and the researchers and the leaders who work together to develop and deliver these injections to us in record time. We were praying for that a year ago today. Amen? And God has answered and brought that about. But, as great as that is, Jesus' vaccine is even better. For instead of a 95% success rate, Jesus' blood is 100% effective. It works against all variants and all strains of evil. It cleanses us of all of our past sins and erases them from our record. Everybody say erase. I don't know about you, but that sounds great in my ears. Our ledgers are scrubbed clean. In the book of 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it assures us that the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. All sin. He doesn't say all sin except, and then he has this list of exclusions like our car warranties do, right? But those people that are calling you this afternoon will take care of that. Anyway, as long as we live on this earth, we will continue to experience some of the long-term consequences of sin. Things like pain. We're going to have suffering. We're going to have tears. We're going to have heartaches. But praise God, not one person who gets Jesus' blood will ever end up in hell. Not one. One hundred percent. Success. Jesus not only cures the chief result of sin, which is eternal death and hell, he also reduces the associated symptoms. Things like selfishness, 
and pride and hopelessness and gossip and sexual perversion and all the rest. You see, just as each person seemed to have their own unique set of symptoms of COVID, so too with with sin. Nancy and I both lost our sense of taste when we had it, but not everybody does. Some do, some don't. Some people run a very high temperature, others do not. Some have ringing in their ears, others do not. So too, sin manifests itself in different ways in each of us. Some of us may struggle with greed. Others, greed's no problem. But it's gossip. Still others may not be either one of those things. It may be an addiction to drugs or alcohol, pornography or something else. And still others, it might not be any of those things. It might be pride or arrogance. Regardless of the symptoms, Jesus' vaccine reduces them all if we invite him to. In Revelation 12, 11, we are told that we can overcome the devil by the blood of Jesus and by the word of our testimony. And so praise God, the blood of Jesus gives us that power. And I encourage you to tell somebody else what Jesus' vaccine has done for you. There's another benefit of getting this vaccine, and that is that when we get the vaccine from Jesus, he gives us his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit comes, begin to dwell within us. And we can then begin to recognize and resist sinful thoughts and deeds going forward so that we can keep our ledgers clean. The Spirit produces only positive side effects. Only positive reactions. Oh, there'll be a reaction, but it's going to be good. Galatians chapter 5, they're called the, the fruit of the Spirit. Side effects include things like love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Who of us couldn't use more of those things in our lives? Those are the side effects. Those are the benefits. There was a rumor about the COVID vaccine that it altered our DNA, somehow made us less militant. While that is false, actually, the Jesus vaccine does do that. It makes us more like Jesus himself. And I say, bring that on. Bring that on. In addition, Jesus' treatment provides immediate resistance versus six to ten weeks necessary for the COVID vaccines. Everybody say, immediate. It means right away. Right away. We don't have to wait for immunity. We can get vaccinated today, pass away this afternoon, God forbid, and be in heaven immediately. Before this, we had to spiritually distance ourselves from God. Not socially, but spiritually. Because He's holy and we are sinful. And so we had to spiritually distance. But after accepting Jesus, we have an immediate, intimate relationship with him here now. And we can enjoy his personal presence forever in heaven later. You'll remember that when Jesus died on the cross, something happened in the temple that day. The curtain that divided the holy place from the holy of holies split in two from top to bottom. And God said, now it's okay for you to come on in. You don't have to distance yourself from me anymore. Jesus has paid your price. In the very next chapter of Hebrews, chapter number 10, we are told there that the blood of Jesus allows us to draw near to God 
with a sincere heart. I'm glad we can draw near to God. Amen? We don't have to stay away. I know that after I got vaccinated, I had kind of a bulletproof feeling. Anybody else? I mean, you just feel like, yeah, okay. I don't have to, I don't have to be careful like I did before. Now, yeah, we got to take some precautions. But I didn't have to live in that fear, you know, of getting COVID. Didn't have to cower at home. Didn't have to avoid crowds or be careful about traveling. I could hug, shake hands again. How much more confidence and courage the blood of Jesus gives him, gives us today. No fear of death. No fear of hell. No fear of judgment. No fear, even when I do die one day of COVID or whatever else. No fear. Brother Tom Brower told me that when he got his shots, um, what did he say? Something I could just feel the stress leave my body. I've heard some other people kind of indicate that same type of thing. How much more with Jesus? How much more with Jesus? Another benefit is that instead of two shots, like you need of Moderna and Pfizer, you only need one of Jesus. Oh, my friends, once you're saved, you're saved. Now, all we need, uh, we need boosters from time to time. We, you know, it's best to stay topped off by worshiping together with other believers, by growing in Sunday school. In fact, through daily time in prayer and Bible reading, Christian radio or television, podcasts, gospel music, we can stay topped off all day, every day. That's God's will for us in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit works through these to help us to stay spiritually healthy. If uh, somebody tried to waylay me after the service today and somehow get me down and take the COVID vaccine away, they couldn't do it. It's in my system. It's in, those of you that have had it, it's in your system. They can't get it out. So too with the blood of Jesus. My friends, once you're saved, it's there. Now, they may demand that you recant. They may persecute. They may torture, whatever else. They can't get it out of you. God put it there. And it's going to stay. Oh, my friends, you're protected now and always. And besides that, you don't have to carry a little bitty card documenting that you have it. God knows. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, He writes our name in the Lamb's Book of Life, the Bible says. And then He gives us something, as we've already mentioned, and that's His Holy Spirit as a seal the scripture says, guaranteeing that. Kind of like a tattoo, if you will. The Holy Spirit, His presence in us and over us. To further assure you, let me remind you that whereas the Corona's vaccines were only tested for several months, Jesus' vaccine was first given to His disciples and the early church 2,000 years ago. That, that's a pretty good track record, <laughs> That's a, I understand that actually this week the COVID vaccines will complete their full range of tests, nine months. I know some people were concerned about, well, it's too soon and all of that, but actually I think April 1st, they will actually will have completed their full record of, uh, of, tra- of testing. But Jesus's record is 2,000 years. The success is obvious. But I want to remind you that there is only 
one vaccine that saves from sin. There are five different ones for COVID out there right now. Three have been approved. Two more are still in the works. But there's only one for sin. It is provided by Jesus Christ. Don't go anywhere else. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus said. Now, either he was lying about that, or he was telling the truth. Since he rose from the dead, and nobody else ever did, I'm going to believe he was telling the truth. Only, only one. There are several other religions, several other schemes out there that claim to provide salvation. Jesus is the only one. If there was any other way, do you think Jesus would have gone to the cross and died? The only son of God? If there was any, if we could have done it by working our way into heaven, if we could have done it by any other method, what a waste of the perfect lamb of God. No other way. And so he did. During the rollout of the vaccines, health professionals have done heroic work. They have administered millions of shots. They have the knowledge and the skill and the experience to give these injections properly. In a very similar way, anyone who knows Jesus then becomes not only capable, but also commissioned. To go and administer Jesus' vaccine to other people. If you are a Christian, if you know Jesus Christ, it is your privilege and your duty to share Jesus with your friends and your neighbors and your family members and your co-workers and, and everyone else. Invite them to roll up their heart's sleeve and to receive Jesus into their lives. To completely revolutionize Not only their current existence, but their eternal one as well. Although the Old Testament Hebrews had to provide or purchase their own animals for sacrifice. That's what Jesus did on Monday of this week. We have a tendency to skip over that. He cleared the temple, remember? He said, my house is to be a house of prayer. What were the people doing there? They were buying animals for their sacrifice. They could have brought one from home if they didn't live that far away. But either way, it cost them something. Jesus' blood is free to you and me. Everybody say free. One of the great benefits of, of the COVID vaccines is their cost. They're free to everybody that qualifies, which will eventually include everyone. Now, it wasn't developed at no cost. It wasn't manufactured at no cost. There was and there still is great expense. But that bill is being underwritten by the U.S. government. Which, of course, (laughs) means that you and I will eventually pay for it. Actually, probably our great-grandchildren will eventually pay for it. But sadly, although Jesus' vaccine is free to us, many forget the great cost that he paid. To provide it. It, it, It's free to us. Praise the Lord. But it was not free to him. Next uh, Next Sunday we rush to celebrate the resurrection. Our church and most churches are full on Easter Sunday. And they should be. 
Unfortunately, many times we leapfrog over the uncomfortable truth of Jesus' suffering and death on Good Friday. I want to encourage us to take some time to remember Jesus' death that we might adequately celebrate his resurrection. Take some time Friday evening. We'll have a good Friday service here. If you can come, we'd love to have you. It'll also be live streamed. Watch the passion of the Christ or, or something to be able to help you to remember the price of Jesus' vaccine. He absorbed all the cost, all the pain, all the suffering. That you and I might be saved. That verse, that wonderful verse from Isaiah. By his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. So where do we get it? How do we, how do we, well, right here, right now, my dear friend. Walk-in clinics are held here every Sunday. <laughs> and, and a lot of other churches in our area as well. In fact, unlike the COVID vaccine, you need an appointment, and then it needs to be administered usually in a clinic or a drugstore or a hospital. You could receive the life-giving blood of Jesus Christ anywhere at any time. Many nurses are now taking the vaccine to home health care patients. Jesus comes to wherever we may be. He comes to us when we call out to Him at home or at work or in the car or on vacation or on the golf course or in the woods or wherever that might be. You don't have to get on a waiting list. He never runs out of saving serum. There's always enough. Come to Him while you may. I want to come back this morning to our scripture from Hebrews that we read earlier. Remember the part about Moses sprinkling the people with blood? How would you like it if I walked around the congregation and did that today? (laughs) Dry cleaners would probably like it tomorrow, but um, some of you might not like it today. Why did he do that? He did that because not only did the blood have to be shed by that sacrificial animal, it had to be applied to the people in order for the covenant to take effect. My friends, we have to receive Jesus' blood of the new covenant. We have to accept his cure. We have to get close enough to the cross that some of his blood drops on us. That's a choice we make. It's not automatic. Just like the COVID vaccines, we we have to choose whether we're going to receive it or not. Uh, There is no herd immunity from sin. Just because everybody else in your family knows Jesus, that won't save you. Just because everybody else at work might know him, that won't save you. It's an individual choice. Each person has to get it for themselves. I can't get yours for you, or I would. You can't get yours for me. Unfortunately, many people are still skeptical Or they're unconcerned, not realizing the deadly and the eternal consequences that they face. Despite its proven track record, 
Many are refusing the COVID vaccine. That's okay. That's everybody's personal choice. I'm not trying to talk you into that this morning. But COVID is a serious disease. I just had a first cousin pass away from it this past week. Talked to my daughter on the phone this week. She was in tears about remembering her mom and her uncle that died just before Christmas. And so I encourage you, if you do reject it, to make a serious, informed decision. But how much more so the one that cures your sin? You can reject it if you want. It's everybody's choice. But beware not only of the risk, but of the certainties of doing that. It's very straightforward. You don't even have to roll up your sleeve. Just admit you've sinned. Agree with God. We know we have. I mean, we know we have. Agree with God. Hardest part is to repent and turn away from that sin. And then ask God to forgive us through the blood of Jesus that he paid to forgive us. And he will. And so maybe you've rejected it many times. Maybe you've turned away from it. I want to encourage you this morning to receive the vaccine that Jesus died to provide and to deliver to you. Receive it while we pray today. Let's let's seek him. Father God, I do thank you this morning for what we sang about earlier. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Lord, we take it for granted. We forget how much it costs. We forget his suffering, his pain, his death. Help us to be mindful of that. And help us to realize this morning, oh God, that um, without that blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Either ours will be required or his. Father, I thank you that there's enough to go around. That whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. As we continue to pray today, if you're here and you've never asked the Lord to save your soul, I encourage you to do that right here and right now. Get vaccinated this morning. Admit that you've sinned. Agree with God and say, I know I've done wrong. God, I'm sorry for those things. I want to turn away from them. I want to live the way you created me to live. I'm asking you to forgive me of those things in Jesus' name and through his blood. Please save me. And when you invite him to do that, praise God, you're saved. Father, we praise you and we rejoice this morning, celebrating the best news there has ever been. Thanking and glorifying you for the freedom that we have, the new life, the deliverance from sin, hell, death, and the grave. We look forward to celebrating Jesus' resurrection next Sunday. But Lord, help us not to skip over, neglect, or forget the blood that Jesus poured out for us on Calvary's mountain. Bless us as we continue to worship you together today. We ask in Jesus' name and everyone said, Amen.